111 million. Now, not all in the stands, obviously, but by television uh, all around the world. And uh, I didn't realize it was... I've never really been a Super Bowl, you know, watcher uh, until I began to do some research and begin to study and read up about it. And then I read that this guy, Nick Foles, quarterback for the Philadelphia team, is actually studying to be a pastor. He's taking seminary by correspondence, and he wants to be a youth pastor. It's, it's been in the news, it's been write-ups, it's been on uh, social media. Um, a couple of years ago, he almost quit football to go study uh, full-time to be a youth pastor, and him and his wife prayed about it and felt, no, they needed to give it one last push. And uh, now, obviously, God's honoring them, and, and whatever the outcome, which I think they'll win, but whatever the outcome um, is, uh, what a platform um, that gives him uh, as he pursues his career in sharing the gospel as a youth pastor. Being as good as the Patriots and the Eagles might be, uh, I've not followed them all year. I just uh, uh, watched a game a few weeks ago as, uh, um, you know, the, coming near the end. But, um, the, you know, those two teams are not even close to being the greatest of all teams. Not even close. Because the team that had the greatest impact was a team that literally turned the world upside down over 2,000 years ago. We have to go back to this small Middle Eastern fishing, fishing village along the eastern or along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. I know it doesn't sound like a great place to build a team that's going to impact the world, but I want you to stay with me for a moment. I want to set the scene as we, as we look into this uh, portion of Scripture. Jesus is 30 years old, and he's right at the beginning of his public ministry, and he has a mission, and he only has three years to complete his mission. You know, it's interesting, as, um, as I get older, and we all, we're all getting older, right? I get older and realize that um, the older we get, the closer we're coming to the return of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and as time winds down, there's this exciting excitement within me in saying that, and that's what really birthed this whole series on impact, how can we make the greatest impact for Jesus Christ in whatever time we have left should he wait how can we make the greatest impact of our life of our homes our businesses our church how can we make the greatest impact well Jesus had three years to complete his mission and his mission was to provide a way for a lost and dying and broken world to be one, and he had three years. And, but even Jesus, the Son of God, needed a team. A team that would carry on his mission once he was gone. And to take the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to the very ends of the earth. So along the shores of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus began to put together this team that would turn the world upside down. And in your notes, notice, here's the team we find in Mark chapter 3, verse 16. These are the twelve he chose, his twelve disciples. Simon, who he named Peter, 
James and John, sons of Zebedee, and Jesus nicknamed them sons of thunder. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Way back then, Jesus was giving some of his disciples nicknames. I mean, you probably were given a nickname, or you gave one of your friends a nickname. And uh, you know that if Jesus gives you a nickname, um, you're a bad dude, right? I mean, that's just uh, something happened there. And so he gives them a nickname, Sons of Thunder. Then he continues, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Now, if you look at these 12, these disciples, this isn't exactly a cast of all-stars. It's not kind of your, maybe your first choice. This was a team, to be honest, of misfits. Four fishermen, a tax collector, a zealot, and just a mishmash of other people. But Jesus used them, he used this team to have an incredible impact on the world. And together, the Bible says they turned the world upside down or right side up, however you want to look at it. To be honest, sometimes you and I, we're misfits too. Jesus wants to use us to have an impact as well. And just as Jesus needed an impact team, we need people in our lives who will be our team. We need a team. We need people in our lives who are going to challenge us, encourage us, who will lock arms with us. And when we're going through those tough times in life, when we're struggling, they'll pray for us, encourage us, and be there with us. You may not know this, but you've got the potential of a great impact team all around you. Next to you, behind you, in front of you, all around. You've got the potential of an amazing impact team. But God may, through that team, help us to fulfill the potential and the desires he has for our life. They're going to help you to have the impact that God wants you to have in the world around you. And and so if Jesus' impact team has his 12, who could be on your team? Now, I'm not suggesting you need 12 because Jesus had 12. Get 12, great, but 6, 3, 4. But we can see the possibilities with all of us around of a team. And let's narrow it down. If you look in your notes... Who could be on your impact team? Well, the first group that can be on your impact team is all followers of Jesus Christ. Every follower of Jesus is a potential part of your impact team. All of us. If there's another believer at your workplace, if there's another believer in your classroom, that person can be on your team because you're working for the same goal. In fact, there's over 2 billion Christians all around the world. Many of them meeting in the local church, just like we are this morning. Now, that's quite a team, and one that together can have a great impact. So who can be on your impact team? All followers of Jesus Christ, any follower of Jesus Christ. Secondly, who else can be on your impact team? Well, my church family. My church family can be on my team. The truth is, you're never going to know all two billion Christians in the world. We're never going to know them all. We may... I don't even know if we're going to necessarily, I don't know how we're going to know them all even in heaven when we get together, but I guess, I don't know, that'll be an experience to experience. But two billion, you're never going to know them all. 
Many of them meeting just like we are. But you're not going to know them all. People you see around you today and other Sundays that are here when it's not so cold out. People that you see and experience around you on a Sunday morning can be part of your team. And you need us and we need you. Because we'll never be everything God would want us to be as a church without you. You make us better. We are better together. We're better together, right? And so we need to understand, friends, I need to understand just as much as you do. We're better together. We're better as a team. Jesus had a team. He had these 12, and they transformed and changed, and they still, their influence still continues to transform and change our world. So we've got all followers of Jesus. We've got our church family. Thirdly, our life group. Now, some of you may not be in a life group, but your life group can be part of the team. And you get to know people in a life group as you experience what they're going through and in the life groups that we're going to start on Tuesday, we encourage you to come and, and we're going to listen to some material and, and uh, share together. And then we're going to break up into groups. And so um, the youth are going to go off in their corner and huddle and talk about what they're learning and, and how they can apply their scripture to their life. And the men are going to do that. Maybe the, some young adults are just going to break up and, and we're going to enjoy what God has to say th- to us in developing a life of purity. Then the final area, narrowing it down to the smallest group, what about my godly friends? These are your closest friends. The ones you rely on. The ones that you confide in. The ones that you bear your soul to. The ones that you, know, you invite into the areas of your life that maybe others aren't there because of just the, the relationship you have with them. A lot of times these are Christian friends maybe you met in your life group. Maybe you met on the job, maybe in your neighborhood, in your church, whatever. And the relationship continues on, and they're the ones that you really rely on and share with because they're your tightest circle. If you want to live a life at the highest level, if you want to live a life that has impact for God, friends, we all need a godly team around us. One of the things I want us to recognize next Sunday as we have lunch And we see how many people are really involved in ministry and make up the team in Northwest Family Church, whether it be in VBS and Sunday school, ushering, greeting, worship teams, sound, media, um, maintenance, renovation, um, cleaning. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. In fact, I wasn't here Wednesday night, but I understand a number of guys got together Wednesday and did a bunch of work around here, and I saw the result of it. As uh, new toilet paper dispensers and uh, new um, flush mechanisms and toilets, and I don't know what all all they did. I saw the youth have been busy downstairs. They got their seating area down there, and I thought, oh, cool, here's, the, here's another area I can go and sit and hide and have an afternoon nap. Um, not really, but it's kind of a cool sitting area. If we can't find you after church, we'll probably look down there and find you sitting on the youth couches. The next thing they're going to want to have is a speaker there so they can sit there and lay there and enjoy the service. But um, no. A team. A team is so important. The story of Christianity is a story of teams. It started with Jesus and his disciples. 
It continues today with men, women, and children who are sharing Christ's love and making an impact together as the church. I want, I want us to see this morning how we can make an eternal impact by being on our team right here, right here at Northwest Family Church, in this church family. How can we make an impact together? How do we develop that team? And how do we make an impact through that team? And so let's look at it this morning in your notes. To make an impact with my team, number one, I need to fully engage with my church family. Fully engage with my church family. Now, church can be a lot like football. And uh, Brother David alluded to it. This afternoon, there's going to be 22 players locked in battle on the field, desperately in need of a rest. I don't know how many of the stands hold, but if there's at least 111 million watching in whatever way, probably the majority of those are desperately in need of exercise. The team needs a rest, and we all need some exercise. But you know, unfortunately... It's kind of a similar picture to the church. Sometimes the church is a lot like that. You've got a group of people in the church who are actively engaged. They're having an impact. They're serving. They're giving. They're inviting their friends. They're making a difference. They're involved in ministry. They're plugging in there, all those things. And then you have another group that's disengaged. Yeah, they'll attend church every now and then on a Sunday, but they tend to keep church at arm's distance. And they're not really engaged. Not really making an impact through their church family. Now, please don't get defensive and say, listen, pastor, I'm at home praying. I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying there are some who at arm's length. I know some who come once a year to church. I know some who come to the Christmas Eve service. Every year they've been coming for 18 years. And they, when I'm here, they shake my hand and they tell me, good to see you. I said, it's great to see you once a year. The church is open every Sunday. Some keep it at arm's length, and they're not engaged. They're disengaged. To make the maximum impact for God, friends, one of the steps important to take is to be engaged with my church family, be part of the team, part of something bigger than myself, and it means something to you. Acts 2.42, notice. All the believers... now. How many believers? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Notice they were devoted. The church in the first century had an incredible impact on spreading the good news about Jesus Christ's love all over the world, and they had the impact because they were devoted. They were devoted to one another. They were devoted to the teaching of God's word. They were committed. They were fully engaged. And the same is true for us today. Our church, Northwest Family Church, were only as strong as our committed members and our impact in the city, whether it's sharing Christ with those who don't know him, helping those in need, whether it's teaching the next generation about the love of Jesus. Our impact will only be as deep as the commitment that we have to one another. And the commitment that we have as a church. By the way, let me just thank all those who are fully engaged here at Northwest Family Church. And are working towards that. You do a great job of serving. Inviting your friends. You give faithfully. You have a hand in the life change that happens each and every week. 
Thank you for having an impact. Listen, I want to invite everyone to be part of our team. And if you're going to be on the Eagles or the Patriots team, it's a little more difficult. You have to be drafted. You have to be one of the very best in the world in the world at your position. And then, actually, it's really not that guaranteed that you'll stay on that team, as Stampeders found out when they lost, uh, uh, what's his face, who went to Hamilton, and then they switched, and now he's in Saskatchewan. Can you believe it? A Stampeder now going to be a rider? Where's Jocelyn? He'll be cheering. But you have to be drafted to be on that team. And only a few people get to be on those teams. But listen, you don't have to be drafted. And you certainly don't have to be perfect to be on our team at Northwest Family Church. We're a group of imperfect people who every week are striving to become more and more like Jesus Christ. We're not what we should be, but we're trying to be more and more like Jesus Christ. We're trying to be who God created us to be. And we'd love for you to say, this is where I want to be committed. This is my church. This is my home. I'm committed. Put me in, coach. I want to have an impact. I want to make a difference. I want to invite you, if you're not already, to something that's bigger than yourself. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul describes the church as the body of Christ. Look, Romans 12.5, he says, We're many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. Think about that. If you're a part of one body, maybe you're the hand. If you're disconnected from the body, you're of no use. I mean, have you ever woke up in the morning and your hand was lying off the side somewhere, wiggling all by itself? No. It's connected. We're connected. So to make an internal, eternal impact... With your team, the first step is to fully engage your church family. Secondly, to make an impact with my team, I commit to grow with my church family. I commit to grow. Next Sunday morning at 9.30, commit to grow, to know how to lead someone to Jesus Christ. Tuesday night, commit to grow, to find out how to live a life of purity and how to you know, reprogram your brain and all the things that go on in your brain. And, and the person teaching this is a, a believer who is a... A uh, phenomenal uh, teacher around the world in secular areas, in churches, and her and her husband travel and preach and minister. And ladies, you're going to be amazingly blessed um, as you listen to this uh, instructor. Grow together. Now, here's what I know about the players that are going to be playing in the Super Bowl this afternoon. I don't, I only know a couple names. I don't really know a lot about them, but this one thing I do know. They aren't the same players they were five years ago. They're not the same now. They've gotten older, yeah, I know that. But they've gotten better. Practicing with their team each week has made them better individual players. And the same is true for us as well. I mean, does anyone here really want to be the same person in December that you are now? Do you not want to grow? Do you not want to improve and make progress? I mean, how many of you want a stale and stagnant life? Okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. Huh? You don't want to improve, make progress? How many of you want a stale and stagnant faith? I don't. And that's why we need a team. We need others around us. And one of the purposes of a church family is to help you grow in your faith, to help you become more like Jesus, 
to push us, to challenge us, to nudge us, to get out of our comfort zone sometimes, and to be better, to do better, and to reach our God-given potential. How does that happen? Notice Acts chapter 2, verse 46. They worshiped together at the temple. Each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. I think here is a key to spiritual growth. Notice the first line, the phrase, they worshiped together at the temple. It says the early church, they worshiped together each week, seems like in a larger group. In fact, that's what we were doing this morning. We were worshiping together. And um, each of the worship teams have a different flair and a different whatever, different personalities. Um, I love to watch them. I love to watch the musicians because I'm not a musician and a little bit of envy. But I, I, I'm watching them saying, thank you, God, for giving these musicians the ability to worship you the way they do. And I, you know, Ira, you've been here for almost as long as me. When Ira's back here, you ever listen to Ira's voice? And he's, watch him. Now they're really going to be watching next time you're up here, Ira. Sorry. As he's just worshiping God. Now Ira loves the hymns, don't you, Ira and me? We're old school and we're trying to be new school. Then I watched the, the uh, guys on the drums <laughs> from uh, Kyle. He's older. Actually, just turned 30, right? Down to uh, Peyton. And um, I've noticed, Kyle, that your energy level isn't quite at Peyton's. But you're still beating those, st- those skins, that's for sure. And I watch all these people with their different abilities and different talents and musicians and singers and the the different ones who are teaching in Sunday school from the different perspectives and guys and gals involved in youth and the ushers and greeters. I think, wow, we got to get them all together. So next Sunday we're going to have lunch. And I want us to rejoice in what God is doing in and through a number of different personalities and and uh, backgrounds we're from, but how together we make an amazing dream team for Jesus Christ. And I don't really think anybody should be excluded from being part of the team. Nobody. We all have different things to contribute. Now, we would not expect every one of you to get up here and lead worship or to play the piano. Um, but there's something every one of us can do. The first thing is they worship together. They worship together every week. Every Sunday we come together in a large group. We grow, we sing, we hear the message. We have journals now, so we take notes. We take next steps. Okay, what's God saying to us? What are we going to do this week? How are we going to apply what we heard? Hopefully every Sunday it's a meaningful experience. But more than that, I hope every week that we grow in our faith and we become more like Jesus Christ. And we've expanded 
our faith and our vision. And then notice these other three words, they met in homes. Now, at this point in time, it's going to change, but at this point in time, we have life groups here at the church. I'm looking forward to seeing us having life, life groups in homes. been talking to some already. But coming together on Sunday like we are, it's important, but it's not enough. It's also important to be able to get together with a smaller group of believers where you can make godly friends, you can grow and get to know people. And it's also where you discuss the Bible, you apply it to your life, and you ask personal questions. We call these groups life groups. And I believe that when you make a commitment and you're here on Sunday and you're there in your life group, that's when your faith really begins to come alive and you begin to develop godly friendship. Your stress level goes down, your hope level goes up, and your purpose in life begins to become more clear, and you really begin to live the life of impact that God wants you to live. Now, why is taking the step of getting in a life group so important? Well, here's why I think it is. Listen, our spiritual growth is not automatic. It doesn't just happen. And it doesn't happen by osmosis, by sitting next to somebody who you think is really spiritual. You may get encouraged, but your spiritual growth takes some work. It takes some effort. To be a part of a smaller group is important for our spiritual growth because we don't automatically become stronger in our faith. Growth is a continual process that we have to participate in. We don't automatically grow spiritual. You don't just automatically become like Jesus. I wish we did. But we have to decide to take that next step and decide to surround yourself with godly people to be on the right team and then growth begins to happen. And so I think being in a life group is so integral to your faith and to the impact that you can have for God. In fact, our maximum impact challenge for you today is that you'll take the next step and that you'll become a part and you'll join one of the life groups that's going or let's talk to let's talk about starting a new one. The first week we had Bible reading plan was our our action step. And the second week was remember you're going to bring a coat for a coat drive and some did and some brought some clothes and we thank you for that. Some took some down themselves and that's great. Then we talked about generosity to take the four-month tithe challenge. And last week, we talked about influence, inviting someone to church next week because we're going to start this series on relationships. Well, here's our maximum impact for today. For your spiritual growth, why don't you attend a life group this week? For your spiritual growth, get involved in a life group and grow spiritually. Join a life group. To make an eternal impact with my team, I engage my church family. Maybe for you, that's making a commitment. I grow with my church family. Hope you're in a group. And next, we make an impact with my team by faithfully care for my church family. I faithfully care for my church family. A big part of being on a team is that you care for your teammates and they care for you. You know a team, a good team is in it together. I'm not just in it for myself. When you win, I win. When you lose, I'm there hurting right alongside of you. So when one of us is struggling, the rest can step in. And we can look out for one another. We help one another. We faithfully care for one another. The first century church understood this. Acts 2.45, it says, All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. We're going to have one of the ushers at the back asking you to hand over your title to your property. No, no. But you know, they had something here. 
There's a principle here of really caring for one another. They gathered together, they shared what they had, and together they met everyone's need and says, no one lacked anything. Wow. I know society was different. We can have all these kind of excuses, but there's a principle. We have a benevolence ministry, and many times, often, some of you bring uh, non-perishable items and food that we can help with people. And funds, we can help with uh, certain things for some families when some when in the church is in need. And we can help them because you gave. And we're able to have an impact to help that meet their need and endeavor to care for them because you're a part of the team. And that's not just something one person does. We do this together. And that's one of the reasons why life groups are so important. Because in your life group, you may have an opportunity to have a real impact on somebody else's life. I remember taking our, our, our men's life group, going to the hospital and visiting Bruce in the hospital. The same men's group and others joined as we helped, had to help Bruce move from his one location and brought all the stuff here to store. And then some others helped to go through all of his stuff and purge it, stuff and purge it down so that he didn't need to have what he needed. Life groups are important to engage in somebody's life, we do this together. And when you're in a group, sometimes you are the front line of care. You're on the front line. You're the ones who care. You're the ones who are, are the hands-on and, and reaching and touching and ministering to people. One day, it might be you or I who's that person in need. And we'll have a team of first responders who are around you to care for you as well. So we fully engage with my church family, commit to grow with my church family, faithfully care for my church family, and lastly there, I make a difference with my church family. Today we're talking about how we need a team to make the greatest possible difference. To have a real impact, we need a team. As one person, we can have an impact. One person can make a difference and can have an impact. But when we work together on a team our impact can be even greater. And the results are even more. There's so much more that we can accomplish for God together. Friends, just take this for instance. When a person comes to faith in Jesus Christ here at Northwest Family Church, no one person was responsible for that person making their decision. Somebody invited them. Somebody at some point in time maybe shared Christ with them. Somebody had been praying for them. Um, there were people who came here early or on a weekday to clean the facility, to make it um, warm and attractive for people to come. There's others who have been um, renovating and painting and doing the maintenance work. And there's others who serve as greeters, making people feel welcome, and those making coffee that people feel at home. And there's those serving in Sunday school to make it a relaxed atmosphere for parents with children. There's those that are here for pre-service prayer, helping to set an atmosphere. There's the, the worship team that is practicing and, and, and leading the congregation worship. And there's you that are joining in. There's the, the media team and, and others that are probably forgotten. But everybody played a role in that. We made a difference. We made an impact. And we did it together. We did it together. The next verse shows us what happens when the, what, when the church is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Acts 2.47. And each day, 
The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It says each day people were being saved. And I believe God wants to have an impact together. As we, as we are together here at Northwest Family Church, God wants to have impact here that we see people come to faith in Jesus Christ week after week during the week because we're a team. Next week we have the opportunity to live this out and have a real tangible impact as a church. February 11th, we're kicking off a brand new teaching series on relationships and I think this series is going to touch all of our lives in a very real and very practical way. It's a refresher course that we all need in relationships that are most important to us. Whether you have a dating relationship, um, whether you're married, regardless of what you are, single, relationships are important. Everybody needs a refresher course on relationships. This kind of series that your friends, your family members need to be here for because when they're here, it's going to be relevant. It's going to impact their life. It's going to bless their life. When they're here, I guarantee you, we're going to present the gospel of Jesus Christ and they're going to walk away understanding what Christianity is about, who Jesus is, in a very clear and compelling way. Bring a friend, bring a family member with you and give God an opportunity to change their life. Change in people's lives doesn't happen accidentally. It happens because people in our church cared enough to bring their friends with them or to talk to them in their home or in a coffee shop or in a business place or at school, whatever. So I hope you'll do that next Sunday. And I'm sure that after church, some of you are going to be going home. You're going to get all your junk food ready, your wings and whatever else you're going to be devouring and watching the Super Bowl. And there will be two great teams playing, Philadelphia and New England. Two teams that have won all throughout the year, but listen, if you're going to win at life, if you're going to fulfill God's purpose for your life and have a real impact, you need a great team around you as well. The quarterbacks can't do it on their own. Oh, there's a lot of pressure on them. You know, and they can, yeah, make or break a game, but if they didn't have the rest of the players, they'd be mincemeat. Right? They'd be dead ducks on the field. We need a church family to grow, to get connected, to care for others, to have the greatest possible impact with your life. Our key verse in this series is Matthew 5, 14. And what's really interesting about this verse is, when Jesus spoke these words, he wasn't speaking to an individual. He was talking to his team. He was speaking to his disciples. And I believe today, just as he spoke those words over 2,000 years ago to his team, he's speaking these same words to you and to me, to our team, to our church. And these are the words of Jesus. He says this, you are the light of the world. Not you might be, you could be. You are the light of the world. Let me say this to you, Northwest Family Church. As we wrap it up today, you are the light of the world. You. Look at your neighbor. You are the light of the world. Let's bow our heads, Father. Seemed like such a simple statement. And yet it's a profound declaration from the lips of Jesus to a team that he had spent years with 
invested in, prayed with, wept with, laughed with, encountered all kinds of obstacles together with, and then declared to them, you're the light of the world. Father, I pray that every one of us would hear that from you. You are the light of the world. And what a great difference all of our lights together make. We can together be indeed a light set on a hill, giving radiance to all that are around. Lord, help us to endeavor indeed to understand that you have brought us together for a purpose, for a reason. We all have different abilities and gifts and time constraints and everything else, but Lord, together, what a team we can be. So Lord Jesus, I pray that we'll all become fully engaged, committed, sold out together. Lord Jesus, we submit and surrender to you, to your Holy Spirit, and we ask that you'd speak to us, show us, reveal to us where you want us to be engaged and connected, contributing, praying, committed, believing together, caring for one another, rejoicing with one another, encouraging one another, lifting each other up, walking together in this great, great life called the Christian life. Lord, we need your help. We need you. We need your direction. We need your power. We need your love. We need your grace. We need your mercy. And all began when we came and recognized we needed a Savior to forgive us. I want to remind us all here this morning, it all begins as we invite Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sin and enter our lives and begin a life with him. That's our first prayer. Then we say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me see with your eyes. Help me feel with your compassion. Give me the grace and strength I need. Thank you for the abilities you've given me, the experience. Help me to use it for your honor and for your glory. Help me to be a part of the team that you've called me to here at Northwest Family Church. So, Lord, we're looking forward with great, great anticipation to all that you have in store, to the many that will come to faith in Christ and be discipled, and they, in turn, will lead others and disciple them in faith in Jesus Christ. For, Lord, that's what you asked us to do, and that's the main thing. You asked us to go and make disciples of all nations. So Lord, I thank you for these people. I pray blessing upon their lives. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance on you, and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. So don't forget to sign up for that lunch next Sunday if you're